גמרא שקלים, דף י"ז, למסכת, has been dedicated by Martin Arani in memory of his grandmother Esther Bat Simcha. We begin today's daf on Tet Zayin Amud Bet, and we're starting from the Mishnah on the bottom of the Amud. So we learned in the previous Mishnah that there was 13 different bowings that they used to do uh, in the Bet HaMikdash. So the Mishnah is asking where were these 13 bowings? Arba' B'Safon, four on the north side of the Azara, Arba' B'Darom, four on the south side of the Azara, Shalosh B'Mizrah, three on the east, Ushtayim B'Ma'arab, two on the west, Keneged, Shalosha Asar Sha'arim, the corresponding to 13 gates, that were on these sides of the Azara. Every time they got to a gate, so they would bow. Diromiyim sumuchim lema'arab. So on the southern flank of the Azara, towards the uh, west, so you had a gate called Chara Anyon. As we learned, the construction of the Mikdash would slope going up from east to west, so the highest gate was called Sha'ar Ha'ilyon, uh, the high gate. And yet Sha'ar Adelik, Shaladelik is where the wood used to be. So they called it Shaladelik, meaning the gate that led to the fuel. Sha'ar HaBechorot. Sha'ar HaBechorot is that's where they would bring, when they bring a korban, Bechor, or Kadashim Kalim, they would bring it through that gate. Sha'ar HaMayim, so that's the gate of water. We'll see exactly. Why they call it the gate of water? We call that water gate. Shebo mechnisim selochit shel nisuchamayim behag. That's why they brought the nisuchamayim to that gate on the hag of Sukkot. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Shebo hamayim mefakim. The water would trickle under that gate. Va'atidim liyot yotzin metachat meftan habayit. Like we're going to learn in the pasuk in Yehazkel, Mem Zayin, that the Bet HaMikdashim underneath it is going to be a ma'yan mayim, a wellspring of water, and it trickled from under that gate. Le'ummatam, again, against it, on the other side, on the Safon, Simukim b'ma'arav, again, close to the western side. You have Sha'ar Yechonya, Sha'ar Yechonya, that's the gate that Yechonya, the king, when they went into Galut, they left from that gate. Sha'ar HaKorban, Sha'ar HaKorban is where they brought the Kodshe Kodashim through that gate. Sha'ar HaNashim, Right, that's where the ladies would stand to make semicha on their korbanot. Sha'ar hashir. That's where they would bring the instruments through for the levim to play. Ve'lamma nekras shemo sha'ar yechonya. Mishnah tells us what we said. Shebo yatsa yechonya begaluto. When the Bukhadnesar exiled him. So they went to that gate. That's where he left the Bet HaMikdash. Shebamizrah on the eastern side. Sha'ar nikanor. So we all know the story of Nicanor that brought the gates from Alexandria uh, to the Bet HaMikdash. And when he was on the boat bringing the gates, there was a storm and they threw one of the gates off. And then after that, they threw uh, another gate off and he jumped with it. And then when he jumped off with it, so uh, the storm stopped and they were able to retrieve that gate. And when he got to the, to the shoreline, the other gate actually uh, met him there and they were able to uh, bring them to the Bet HaMikdash. So they named the gate after that tzaddik called Nikanor. Ushneh, 
Pishpeshin Hayulo. So there was two smaller gates, you know, that on the side of Nikanor. Ehad Mimino Vehad Mismolo, one to the right and one uh, to the left. Ushnaim Bimarab, there were two more gates to the west side of the Azara. Veloya Hayalahem Shem. They did not have a name, they were nameless. So those are the 13 gates. Matnitin Abay Yosab ben Yohanan hi. Amishnah is following the opinion of Abay Yosab ben Yohanan. The Amar Keneged Shelosha Asar Sha'arim. Against the 13 gates, that's we have the 13 bowings. Biram, however, Kerabanan Shiva Sha'arim Hayu Ba'azaram. They say there were only seven gates, so therefore there was 13 Ishtahabayot, but there was only seven gates. So we have to know why they bowed. 13 times. Only seven gates. So therefore, where were the 13 bowings? Like we learned in Masichet Midot. There was a certain wall that went around the Azra. was called the Soreg. And when the Yivanim came, they breached the Soreg, like we say in the Ma'osur, Ufartsu, Homot Migdalai. Some say that's actually the Soreg. Uh, and therefore, Shilosha Ese Peratzot Tayubo, Shepiratzum Malche Yavan. That's Malche Yavan, the uh, times of Antiochus. Vahazru, Vigedarum Bene Hashmonaim. And when the Hashmonaim overpowered the Greeks, they came along and rebuilt the wall. Therefore, they bowed uh, 13 times in each place where the wall was breached and subsequently was fixed. Ketiv, it says in Yechazkel, There's going to be Mayim Hayim, like we saw, that was called Shara Mayim. And under that water gate, we said a trickling water, and ultimately that water is going to have a big flow. And there's going to be Maim Hayim, spring water that's going to come out of uh, the uh, the Makom Hamigdash Laatidavo. Tane Mibet Koche Kodashim Adaparok. And that says it's going to start from the Bet Kodesh Kodashim until the Parok, let's say, which means it's going to trickle. And as it gets, uh, you know, uh, more, it's going to widen and widen and widen until it becomes, you know, up to, up to, you know, up to waste maybe. So the Gemara is going to tell us the uh, size of this trickling of the water. So from the Kodesh Kodashim to the Paroket, Kekarne Sile or Silai Vechilai. These are the uh, antennas uh, of what? Grasshoppers? Or snails. Okay, which is very, very thin at that point. Min Paroket, the Mizbahazav. From the Paroket until they get to the Mizbahazav. Okay, Kekarne Hagavim. That's like the antennas of the grasshoppers, a little wider. That's the the uh, the long string, right? When they're when they're weaving, it's a little wider. From the azara until the the threshold of the the mikdash, that's the width of the of the um, of the weaving, uh, which is a little more thicker. And then you have mikan va'ilach kimipi hapach. And then the rest of them, from there on in, it'll be wide, the stream, the size of the opening of a small jug, a pach. Ketiv v'hineh ma'im mefakim menakatef ha'imanit. 
So this is part of the prophecy. The Malach showed Yehazkel on the uh, river that's going to come out of Yerushalayim for the Beit HaMikdash and its measurements. Betzet ha'ish kadim ve'kav b'yado v'yamod elef ba'ama v'ya'avideni b'mayim me'ofsayim which means uh, the first thousand ama from uh, where this water is going to come out, it's not going to be uh, deep. Only ad kasulav. Kasulayim is like, uh, I guess, up to his ankles. Vayamud elef, then another thousand ama. Vayavideni bamayim, mayim birkayim. So ad birkaya, then it's going to reach a little deeper until the knees. Vayamud elef, then another thousand ama. Vayavideni memotnayim. Then it's going to reach already ad motnaya, it's like to the waist. Mikan va'ilach, va'yamod elef nachal asher lo uchal la'avor. After that's going to be so deep that you cannot even pass it. Afidu lebiranin gedola eno yuchala la'avor bo. It's going to be such a, a deep river that even a big boat is not going to be able to uh, go go by. My ta'ama, what's the reason that even a big boat is not going to be able to 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 to, to go over there? Because the Pasuk says, Vetsi Adir lo ya'avrenu. So Vetsi Adir is like a big boat. We'll not be able to even pass it. Mepenema, well, why not? It's water. Why can't the boat go into water? It says, Ki ga'u hamayim mi mesahu. That ma'u mesahu melashut. Which means the water is going to be so strong, the current, but you're not going to be able to, to swim in it. It's going to be too strong the current. So a boat is not going to be able to be too turbulent the water, even for a boat. Amar Rav Huga, or Huna, Be'atren karu l'shayyata sa'bana. They call, <coughs> I guess, a, a swimmer or a boat, they call it a sa'bana. I guess because it floats. So it's like a swimmer floats or the boat floats. So they call it in the pasuk, mesahu. Uh, He's giving you the perush of the of the word. Uperas yadav bekerbo kashir yifares hasoche lishot. Another pasuk. He's going to stretch his hands out like the swimmer stretches his hands out when he is swimming. My mesahu again back to that pasuk in Yehoshkel. I'm going to be Yosef with a bibun mayin demitmalelan bealma, which means. Um, Water that um, the people talk about. The people are talking about how turbulent it is. They're going to talk about how, you know, how strong the uh, the water is over there. So therefore, it's water that strikes up a conversation. Sounds like this water will be able to purify. Lehatat unida. So Rabbi Shmuel ben Nachman, b'shem Rabbi Yonatan, mebet David ve'ad Yosvel Yerushalayim. So that's uh, obviously the place where this water is going to be, from the place of Machut David, which I guess is Jerusalem. That's where Machut ben David was. Kishelim lenida. So if a lady wants to go to the mikveh, she can go to the mikveh to purify herself for tevilat nida. Ul chatat. That's because para aduma. We don't take the waters because para aduma need maim hayim, right? Natural spring waters, and therefore you can be metaher the metim mikan ba'ilach. But then after that area of Yerushalayim, metarovetim. Then the water is going to get mixed up with other waters, 
now it's not considered anymore me ma'ayan. So it's not going to be kosher for hatat. Kesherim lenida. For nida, we need is a mikveh. So it'll be okay for nida, but it's not going to be kosher. Pesudim leme hatat. Amar bilazad, different opinion. Mebet David ba'ad yosh be'irushalayim kesherim lenida ul hatat, like we learned. Mikan ba'ilach me katafrisot hen. Upsudin nida ul hatat. For a mikveh to be kosher for nida, it has to be ashborin. Ashborin means it's resting in one place. However, after it leaves Jerusalem, it seems the water is going to be on a slope. It's going to be moving waters. And moving waters are not kasher, not for nida as well. So it's a machloket. What's going to be after it leaves Jerusalem? Is it going to be kasher for nida or not? The second opinion says since it's going to be moving, so therefore it's not kasher for nida as well. Ketiv. Vayomer elai. Back to Yehazkel. Hamayim ha'ele yutsim el ha'gelila ha'kadmona. Right, it's going to, from the from the, uh, the upper Galil, and it's going to the Arava, etc. And then it says Venirpu Hamayim. So these are all different places that the waters are going. So one of the places is Hagilila Hakadmona Zeyam Shel Samchu. This is the water of Samchu. Some say Sibchu. Viyardu Al Haarava. So go to the Arava. Where is that? Zeyam Shel Tiberia. Which we know is the Tiberian River, which is called the Kinneret. Ubau Hayama. So all the way to the Yam. Which Yam is that? Ze Yam Hamelach. That's what we call the Dead Sea or the Salted Sea. El Hayam Hamutzaim. What is Yam Hamutzaim? Ze Yam Gadol, which we would call the Mediterranean. Ve'lamma Nikra Shemo Mutzaim. Keneged Shte Pa'amim Shiyatza. Two times in history, it overflowed its banks. As a punishment. So therefore they call it Mutsaim. It overflowed its banks twice. Rabbi Le'azar Beshem Rabbi Hanina. Berishona in the times of Dor Enosh Yatsa Ad Kalabria. Kalabria is in southern, uh, south, eastern uh, peninsula of Italy. By the by the boot, on the bottom of the boot, we call it. Ubashiniya Yatsa Adkipe Barbiria. That would be the Barbary Coast. That's where Turkey around there? No, Africa. Africa, okay. North Africa. There we go. That's where right, North Africa, exactly. Rabbi Aha Beshem Rabbi Hanina. Badishona Yatsa Ad Kipe Barbaria. Initially, it's a different opinion. Initially it went uh, to the Barbary coast, meaning when it overflowed the Mediterranean. And then it went to the place in Eretz Israel, which we know, the coast of Akko and Yafo. Like it says in the Pasuk in the year of Adpo, Adpo is like Yafo. Adpo, Tabo, Velo, Tosif. Uh, and Akko is like Akko. So Po and Ko is like Yafo and Akko. Because you can read it both ways. That would be like uh, the Rasha. That's the end of the Pazuk. The waves would go until the city of Yafu. That we understand that. Uh, 
the Mediterranean, with those waters, sorry, not the word Mediterranean, the waters of the go under the Kodesh Kodeshim, the times of uh, Mashiach, they're going to reach all the way to Yamamela. We understand why. In order to sweeten it, because it's salty waters, so the waters are going to reach Yamamela. Yamad de Tiberia, the de Samchu, those waters are sweeter, many. So why does the waters have to reach them? In order to increase their species of fish. Even though there's fish already in the Kinere, but it's going to increase. Can the air, the waters, have something to do with the type of fish that, you know, grow or whatever, or produced in that place? So there are going to be many, many minim of fish. That are going to come as a result of these waters. Tani, I'm about to be Shemam Gamliel, a bunch of Gamliel. Maaseh, Shalachti letzaydan. He was in Sidon. Veviu lefanai yoter meshlosh meot menedagim betamhoi echad. They brought me more than three hundred different species of fish on one, on one kara, on one bowl. Venirpu hamayim. One pasuk sounds like that the waters are going to cure and sweeten. Now the end of the pasuk says, "They're not going to sweeten." So I'm still on the pasuk. Is it going to sweeten or not? So Yehuda says, "Keti v'nirpu hamayim ve'at amad v'lo yirapeu makom hu u'shmo v'lo yirapeu." So there's a name. There's a name that's of a place that's called v'lo yirapeu, which means v'nirpeu hamayim. It's going to go and sweeten the waters. However, in a certain place that's called Veloyirapeu, that's going to remain salty because you need, you need salt. So where are you going to get salt from in the world? So in the place called Veloyirapeu, that's going to remain salty water so you can get uh, salt in the world. Ketiv. Valanachal ya'ale al sefato mizeh umizeh kol etzma'acha lo yibol alehu veloyitom periyot lahadashav yibakir. So now we're talking about over here, miracles when Mashiach comes, how fast things are going to grow, much faster than they grow today. Tani, Amar Bihuda, Lefi Right, from Tishrit to Nisan. Basically it takes six months for the process of wheat to grow. And the trees take twice as long of the wheat. Basically they grow... <clears throat> produce fruit once a year, every 12 months. And the wheat is going to grow in one month. The Ilan the same ratio, double, and the, the trees are going to produce fruit every two months. My Ta'ama, because the Pasuk, the Hodashab is two months. They're going to produce fruits. that we can grow so fast. There's a precedent. Shekin Matsinu Shasat Tivwa Bime Yoel. 
like we learned in Masichet Ta'anit, the times of Yoel there was a famine. So it says that the wheat grew lahamisha asar yom, the karab memena haomer, and by the sixteenth of Nisan there was already wheat that they were able to bring korban haomer. My tama, because the pasuk says in Yoel, ubne Sion gilu b'simchu ba'ashem enoichem ki natan lachem et amore l'staka v'yored lachem geshem. Normally, there's two types of rain. <coughs> you have the strong rains, that grow, that usually happens in Hajvan time. And then you have the Malkosh, that usually are the softer rains, the lighter rains that happen at the end of the season. Here, in two weeks, Nisan, you had Gam the Gam Malkosh, and the wheat grew in two weeks, and it was already on the 16th, the Omer was already able to be cut. So you see, just like it happened in the times of Yoel, that's going to happen at the Atid level. Uma mekayem Rabbi Yoseh lachodashav yebaker, which means, sounds like from the Pasuk, like we learned lachodashav is plural, which sounds like that it's going to be two months. And he says it's going to be monthly. Well, that's exactly how he learns, monthly. Kol chodesh vechodesh ye mevaker. Which means lachodashav, it's going to be a monthly uh, a regeneration of the fruits. Ve'alehu litrufa. And its uh, leaves are going to be used for terufa. So what does it mean terufa? Different explanation. Yohanan Amar, tarfem matzitz aleh, that you're going to take the leaves and you could suck on them and uh, you'll have mezonot. Utraf mezona. And that's going to be like you're eating mazon. So uh, it's, taraf uh, would be like uh, with a tet, teref, natani re'av, which is like a uh, mazon. So they're learning it like that. Uh, Rav Shmuel had Amar lehatir pe shil ma'lan. That tirufa is actually an acronym. Lehatir pe shil ma'lan. God forbid if somebody is uh, mute. That's one way we're learning. That if somebody is mute, uh, his mouth will open by eating this uh, type of leaves. Had Amar lehatir pe shil matan. And some say it's the cure. Constipation. Pele mata. He didn't want to say it explicitly because uh, he said it. The next rabbi actually says the same opinion but speaks it out explicitly. Akarot could be not only constipation but ladies that are also akarot, ladies that are barren. Pele mata. The rechem is closed so it's going to open it up. And some say it's going to actually open up the upper mouth, which is the mouth of the mute. The people that have cannot talk, these are going to, uh, they're going to cure them. That's one way of learning. Some say there's a mahluk between the two of the shonot. That stam, it's, uh, is just a Pelemala, Pelemata, just as uh, maybe, uh, like we said, uh, not a miraculous thing, but a regular medicinal thing. And the second opinion says, no, it's going to be a miracle. That's going to open up Ilemim uh, and Akarot. So we said that what? You have a gate in the northern side that's called Sha'ad Yechonya. He went to Galut. And sent him out of that gate. At Motseh. When Nebuchadnezzar came to Eretz Yisrael to get rid of 
Yehoyachin. At that time, Yehoyachin was the king. So he was in the place called Antochia. So the Sanhedrin came to greet him. Are you coming to destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Which is Yehoyachin. Bring him. All I want is Yehoyachin. Then I'll leave. Then I'll leave. Nebuchadnezzar wants you. When he heard it, he took the keys of the Beit HaMikdash and he went to the roof of the Hechal. He said to the Kedoshbaruch When we were loyal to you, you gave us the keys. So he threw the keys up and gave the keys back. Today, exactly what happened at that point. Some say Yoyachin actually threw the keys up. They just stayed, they didn't come down. Like a hand came down from the Shaman, which is worse. As if the hand's coming back and grabbing the keys have to say that I don't accept your service. But all the leaders and the princes of Yehuda, when they saw that Akadosh Baruch took the keys back, they went on the roofs and they fell off the roofs from the, from the agony. The story that's brought down in Yeshaya Chaped, Masa Gehezayon, what was the vision? Malach efot ki alit kulach legagot. Teshuot melea ir omiya. Which means the city that was so happy now became filled with um, uh, casualties. Not casualties of war, but casualties of those that, out of anguish, because the temple was going to be destroyed, so they fell off the roofs. Matnitin. There were eight tables in the Beit HaMikdash. Thirteen tables. There were eight marble tables. That's to the north of the Mizbeah, in the uh, slaughterhouse. They would uh, clean the insides of the animals on these tables. And also when they would hang them on the hooks, so they shouldn't lean on the floor, they would just put them, you know, leaning on these tables. Ushnayim, <coughs> there were two other tables, Kevish, to the west of the ramp that went up to the Mizbeah, Echad shel shayish, one marble, Echad shel kesef, and one silver. Al shel shayish, notim et evarim. That was the uh, bones that they would put on the uh, table in order to bring it on to the Mizbeah. Echad shel kesef, they would put the klesharet. They used to use a lot of vessels every day in the Beit HaMikdash. They needed to put them somewhere. They used 93 different klesharet on a daily basis. So they would put them on the table of Kesef. Ushnayim, there were two more tables. Ba'ulam, that's in front of the Hechal. Mibifnim al-Petach habayit. Inside the ulam, next to the opening of the Hechal. Echad shel shayish, ve'echad shel zahab. One was made out of marble and one out of gold 
על של שיש נותנים לחם הפנים בכניסתו. So when he would come into the Hechal the Kohen, after they baked, you know, the lechem apanim on Erev Shabbat, they would put it on the Shulchan of Shayish, just to cool them off a little, so they don't, uh, so they don't uh, get uh, spoiled until they put them on the table. So they want to cool them off, and then if you put them uh, hot, it's easy for them to become moldy. Of course, it was a miracle, but we don't rely on miracles. Ve'al shel zahav. When they would leave, so they would take the lechem apanim and they would put it on the golden table. Why that? Shema'alim ba'kodesh velo velo mo'yudzayim velo moridin. Why ma'alim ba'kodesh? So they went from shayish and then they went to the regular shulchan azahav. Now you can't go down. So they couldn't put it back on shayish. So they put it back on zahav. Because ma'alim ba'kodesh velo what he did, you cannot, you know, demote it. So therefore, they didn't put it on a silver table or a marble table. When they let, when they took it out, they put it back on a gold table. Then the shulchan, the shulchan of Moshe, that was actually in the hechal where they put the lechem panim on. Tani, we have a braita al shel kesef. That when they brought the lechem apanim into the hechal, we learned in the Mishnah that they put it on a marble table. But the bright that says they actually put it on a silver table. Rabbi Yosef b'shem Rabbi Shmuel bar Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Hananiah matebach b'shem Rabbi Yohanan led kanchel kesef mepnei shum martiyah. Some say that. Do not learn in the Braita uh, that they put it on a silver table because the silver would cause it to get hot. So therefore, we don't want it to become hot because it'll spoil it. So the Gemara says, Lachin Taneh. What do you mean? What do I care if it becomes hot? Didn't we learn in another Braita that says, Ze'ahat mena nisim, Shena'asu bebet ha-mikdash, Shekeshem shayu manihim oto hom, that means on the day that they took it off the table, it was just as hot as the day they put it on the table. So therefore, it was a miracle. So therefore, why are you saying that they would put it on a, they didn't want to put it on a silver table because the silver table will get it hot. And if it's going to get hot, it's going to cause it to spoil. What do you mean? We know that it stayed hot the whole week. Which is another way of saying en subchim alanes. We have to do it according to the normal way. Beon kume Rabbi Ila. So they asked the question to Rabbi Ila. Lo ayasham lechem maul anichol leshabbat abaa. The question is over here. They filled the table with bread. Let's say. Uh, on Shabbat. Let's say the subsequent week they didn't have new bread. Were they able to leave the old bread? Because it says, Tamid. The table has to have bread always. So can you leave last week's bread on the table? Mm-hmm. You don't have new bread. What's the question? Normally when you have Korbanot past its time, they become Pasul. The Pasul is called the Pasul of Lina. So the She'ela is, do we say that they become Pasul Mitam Lina and therefore you cannot use them after the week is over. Or do we say, 
לא, באמת, זה לא פסולינה לגבי די. לכם הפנים. אמר לו, כתי, ונתת לשולחן לחם פנים לפניי תמיד. לחם פנים אפילו פסול. That you could keep the lechem panim on the table, and you must leave it on the table tamid. Now, some take out those words, afilu pasul, because if it would be pasul, you would not be allowed to leave it on the uh, table. Right? So therefore it should say afilu kamayamim. I mean, even after several days, I mean, it's not a pasul of lina. Asara shulchanot asa shilomo. Okay, shilomo melech in his temple... He made ten different tables. Dichtiv. Vayaas shulchanot asara. Vayana ba'echal. Hamisha miyamin v'hamisha misimon. So he put five to the right and five uh, to the left. Now we have to understand exactly where he put them. Hechal, uh, the door, was in the east. So when you'd walk into the hechal, you're walking, now you're facing west. So therefore, uh, if you're facing west, to the right would be the south, and to the left would be the north. So the Gebarah says, in temad, if you're going to say, hamisha badarom v'hamisha basafon. When you say right and left, it means what? It means five to the southern side of the hechal, and five to the north side, that would be right and left. So the Gebarah says, wait, v'hamisha basafon, we know that the table is only kasher when it's on the north side. So therefore, how could Shilomo put uh, tables on the south side? So you can't say right-left means north-south because the table could only be on the north. So what is... What does is, what is right-left mean? Hamisha miyamin shulchano shil Moshe v'hamisha mismolo. That means everything was on the north side. It's just Moshe Rabbeinu's table was in the middle. And they put five to the right of it and five to the left of it. But it's all on the north side where the table, tables below. Apal pichen v'ayam misader ela b'shel Moshe bilbad. But they would only put bread on the table of Moshe. As the Pasuk says, Shulchan is singular. So you see that they only put the Lechem Apanim on the Shulchan. What Shulchan? The Shulchan of Moshe. Rabbi Yosef, Ben Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Al-Kulal Hayam Misader. He says, actually, they would put the Lechem Apanim on all the tables. Shulchan is the Shulchan of Moshe. So these will all go. So you have to say that possibly that just to reconcile the pesukim because other pesukim says shulchan that maybe they originally put it on the tables of Shilomo and then they moved it to the to the other other table as well. Okay. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.